told us, trust the experts, and for a while we did that. But lately, some of those experts have led us astray. If you're tired of not knowing what to believe, but you enjoy thinking for yourself, then you'll feel right at home in the Kala Crew. Hey everybody, this is Abraham. Thanks for tuning in to the latest Kala Cast. Today's episode, we're going to discuss why I think there's a dark side to these Apple Watches, and we need to be very careful with these smart devices. I myself at one time had an Apple Watch, and I had it for about three months, and I was up and down in my relationship with it. There were times where it was really helpful to me, and there were times where it became not so helpful. I anticipate this is going to be a relevant episode for a lot of people because as of quarter one, 2023, it's estimated that Apple has 43% of the market share when it comes to wearable devices, and they have sold easily over 100 million units. Now, obviously, they don't release exact numbers, but it's a pretty accurate estimate of how many they've sold. Before I go any further, I do want to clarify right off the top that I, I think overall, these are helpful devices and they have a good use case in certain scenarios. And for me, I'm going to get into why I found my Apple Watch helpful at the time. I had purchased mine back in October of 2022. I actually decided to get a refurbished uh, Series 7. I believe it was the 41 millimeter screen size. The main reason I wanted to get it was because at the time I was in some therapy sessions and I was specifically worried about my anxiety symptoms and issues, the biggest one being my heart palpitations. And by the second or third session, my therapist, who wears an Apple Watch himself, recommended that I get one because apparently you could track your heart rate, you could track your electrocardiograms, your ECG, and it would also help you detect if you have any atrial fibrillation. And you know, the nice thing with the Apple devices in general is if you're one of these big data heads and you love all the data collection, there is something to be said about how that data can actually be helpful to humanity. It doesn't have to be this big scary thing, although that's a separate collacast for a separate time, I guess. You know, these Apple watches have been helpful in preventing some serious atrial fibrillation in all kinds of different people. And the worst thing would be that if you could have access to something that would help you survive something serious like an unexpected stroke or something along those lines, then it would certainly be a no-brainer to have that at your disposal. At the time of being suggested by my therapist to get the watch, there were no signs of that for me, and there are still no signs of that for me. It turns out that my symptoms were just mental, (laughs) mentally based, psychologically based symptoms. He eventually said I had low-grade generalized anxiety disorder. And heart palpitations is one of the very common symptoms of that. The thing about the Apple Watch is it's not going to tell you if you're having a heart palpitation, but the way that I used it strategically was, oh, I think I'm having a palpitation right now. How about I take a second when I notice it, let it occur, and then immediately take an ECG to see is my heart actually having some sort of rhythm disturbance? It was good to know that in terms of like the major arrhythmias, I wasn't having that. But the more I got into the Apple Watch, the more I saw the potential for things that were useful for me, but also things that drove my anxiety and fed into my anxiety. Chief among them being the heart rate variability feature, as well as the blood oxygen saturation feature. And another feature that I found pretty interesting, but drove my anxiety was the VO2 max feature. Now, having an Apple Watch was not this new concept to me. 
I was aware they existed, but I actually always somewhat looked down on them because first of all, I found it kind of silly that it was such a small thing that was emulating some of the features of um, an iPhone. And then the main thing, my main concern with these devices was the amount of additional EMF exposure, electromagnetic frequency to my body and to my person and to my family and my loved ones. You know, it's one thing to have your Wi-Fi router on at all times, which I do try to shut it off at night, but I'm not perfect with that. And then it's another to not want to keep your phone in your pocket all the time. So if you are now having, for other health concerns, the need to wear uh, an Apple Watch to make sure that you're not having some sort of arrhythmia, the irony of that is that EMFs have been linked to heart palpitations and other frequency disturbances within your own body. As I was using it, even though I knew I was getting a benefit from it in the very beginning, that was always nagging in the back of my mind that my original hesitancy of the EMF exposure was not going away. That all being said, one of the hallmarks of therapy is letting go and allowing yourself to do the things that make you uncomfortable or that usually make you uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that if you're in therapy, you should knowingly do something that could potentially harm your physical health. But the point is, you will have to step outside of your comfort zone in order to grow. And I was at such a low point in terms of being paranoid about my heart palpitations, I figured, you know, this thing is either going to help me or I'm going to know pretty soon that I don't need it. One of the things I really did enjoy about the Apple Watch was how I could track my workouts. I had a better idea, although not completely precise, of how many calories I was burning in a day. My step count was definitely more accurate. And I was able to really get an understanding of how well I was sleeping at night once I understood what heart rate variability is, which is the time interval between heartbeats. It took me a while to really understand the concept of HRV, which is, I guess, its own colocast. But the Apple Watch was a really great segue into that and better unlocking the power of my breath to control my emotions and to control or help control my anxiety. So basically, if my HRV was at a suboptimal measure, I had an idea that, okay, maybe I'm taking a lot of deep breaths. And then I was able to check in with myself and say, okay, today I've been overly stressed about certain things. I've been having to take these uh, deep sighs and feeling like I wasn't getting enough oxygen in these sighs. And I mean, at the end of the day, most of the HRV readings are coming down to how well you're breathing. And are you in a fight or flight state? Or are you in a rest and digest state? And at various times throughout the day, you should probably be more in a rest and digest state because otherwise your body is just always on edge. So in that sense, the Apple Watch was really helpful to me. And then I also became obsessive about the oxygen saturation, so much so that I was checking it way too often and getting worried if I was at like a 90 or a 92 or a 93, not realizing that at night, it's totally normal to dip below a certain point at different times. The only reason I know that that's okay is because our family doctor had mentioned that he had all these people coming in during the COVID pandemic uh, worried that their oxygen saturations were dipping at night, and that was because they were wearing the Apple Watches. The other thing I realized, the more I measured my data and the more I became obsessed with the minutia, I was noticing that the Apple Watch just wasn't very accurate. It's pretty accurate, but it's not accurate all the time. And so if you're relying on the Apple Watch to be the end-all be-all of your HRV and your oxygen saturation and even your ECG, 
if you're really trying to use it as a life-saving device, full stop, I wouldn't say that that's a good idea, maybe. It really is just a tool. And if you need that tool and it makes sense in your life, I say go for it, try it out. If you have one already and you love it, that's a good thing. And I hope you keep using it. But if you're not sure if you need one, I would say like you probably don't need it. And the example I'll give is our little, she's 22 months old, roughly, our, our first daughter. And when she saw me wearing it, I got to the point where I would constantly look at it. So I had it set so that I could see immediately without having to open it what my oxygen saturation was. If I wanted to do an ECG, I could do it quickly. I could see my pulse rate, all that fun stuff. It was already there. I didn't have to open those apps to do it. So I was checking it sometimes every five minutes or every 30 seconds, depending on how paranoid (laughs) or anxious I was. And it got to the point where my daughter would like glance at her own wrist and she would do this over and over. And I'd be like, well, you don't really have an Apple watch on you. And that kind of freaked me out because it made me think, huh? So she thinks that this is normal. I'm not saying having a watch is bad, but this is not a normal watch, right? And then it was getting to the point where in terms of my anxiety, and this this is after you know a month or two, I was ironically checking it just to make sure I had a pulse. And that made me realize, well, what did I do before all this? You know, I, I never was obsessed with my pulse and all that stuff. So for me, it became information overload. And maybe that's just my personality type. Maybe that's the brand of anxiety I have. But this all culminated in early February when I realized, hey, I want a new Mac mini. I want to get that Apple M2 Pro silicone chip, baby. I want to ride that thing and see how it, see how it responds. Okay. So I'm like, I need to do that. I have this Apple watch sitting here that kind of sketches me out. I could get $180 if I trade it in. You're telling me I can get $10 more for this Apple watch, which has already been refurbished than I could have gotten for my 2017 fully specced out 27 inch iMac. Basically, I traded in all my old Apple devices and I was able to knock about $500 off the price of a Mac mini. And I haven't missed my Apple watch. I think overall my health is a lot better. And I can get into why that is in other colicasts. It's not just getting rid of the Apple Watch. I really don't miss it at all. And I think I'm going to look back on that time throughout the rest of my life and be grateful that I tried it and be grateful that in those moments where I really needed it, it did prove helpful because it did over time lessen my paranoia around the palpitations. I was able to separate the palpitations from any sort of serious health threat by seeing this is not atrial fibrillation. The Apple Watch cannot detect a simple ectopic heartbeat. Ectopic heartbeats are not life-threatening, especially if they're not accompanied by other symptoms. And I just had to get over that, you know? So in that sense, it was very helpful, but I just didn't need it. And I do think there's a dark side to these devices. It's, It's information overload. And who knows what Apple is really doing with that data? You know, some people go so far as to link it to their medical ID card on their Uh, iPhone. There's a feature for that. And I even saw today on Instagram, I believe it's in Australia. They, some, there was a young woman who in her, one of her wrists, she had happily allowed them to put a microchip, which has her credit card info, her medical ID, her ID, all that, all, all the important information on a person is stored on that chip. And she was presenting it as a really cool thing. Again, I'm not saying like this thing is so bad. I still, I do think it's a tool 
but it's along those same lines. You wear it on your wrist and some people sleep with it. Some people wear it 24 seven. The thing that drove me crazy about it was when I would take it off, I would have this like mark on my wrist where it was, where the bottom of it was sitting on top of my veins, taking my pulse and reading my oxygen and stuff. Not only that, I mean, it was kind of grimy under there. I washed my hands a lot, especially during the winter when I, when I was wearing it and my skin would be peeling and kind of turn red. And the leather band that I got for it, the third party leather band that started getting like grimy and had like this weird film on it. So I don't even know if they're very sanitary, to be honest with you. Here's the thing. I don't want to end on a negative note. So I want to talk about some use cases for me that were actually helpful in terms of using the Apple Watch and being willing to wear it. In November, everyone in my family, in my household, came down with most likely RSV. It definitely wasn't COVID-19 because we tested negative and all that fun stuff. But there was a lot of coughing going on and nighttime was very difficult to sleep. During this time, my heart rate variability was extremely low. It was around like 19 or 18, which of course that freaked me out because I'm coughing all day, my chest is on fire, can't sleep at night, and here my HRV is way, way suboptimal. But the thing about HRV is it's a good indicator sometimes if you're about to get sick. It doesn't just go low when you're actually sick. In the day or two leading up to it, it can be low. It can also be low if you're overly stressed or underslept, not enough nutrition or the wrong nutrition, too much exercise actually. So when you really start to use the device long-term and you're into stuff like that, I could see how it would be helpful to you on your health journey. But at the same time, there's other devices that are actually way more accurate in terms of tracking your HRV, especially at nighttime. I did decide to wear it to bed for a few weeks, not the whole time I had the watch. And what I didn't realize until I did more digging is that the position of your arm and wrist as you're wearing it can greatly affect the HRV reading. So there would be nights where my HRV was perfect and what, where I wanted it to be, but then there were nights where it wasn't so good and it didn't make sense because it wasn't like I hadn't slept enough necessarily or I was overtraining. And then I would remember, oh yeah, I slept with my arm above my head or I slept a lot on my side. And with me, the side sleeping is a whole separate issue. And I, you know, I don't sleep correctly on my side. So I'm sure that was affecting it. The point being, it is definitely not a medical grade device. And there's other brands for HRV specifically, like the Polar, the Whoop, the Aura, some of them, they recommend just taking it as soon as you get up, right before you get out of bed. And then if you want to wear it while you exercise, you can. But the thing about while you're exercising is it'll be lower anyway. And I, again, I didn't know that. So I'd have these workouts where I didn't have a palpitation. I'd be like, well, why was my HRV low? Well, it's because my heart rate was higher. When your heart rate's higher, your HRV is going to be lower because you have more beats happening in a given time frame. And just not knowing that kind of drove me crazy. I should have seen it coming. I should have seen that it had a dark side. My family doctor, once again, when I went to see him in October about my heart health, right at the very beginning of starting my therapy, he knew that I had the Apple Watch. I mentioned it to him and he kind of like grimaced and pointed at his wrist and started shaking his head. He's like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I actually think that that's just going to feed into all this. I think you need to let this whole experience just wash over you. And I said, okay, we'll see. But I never forgot what he said, and he ended up being right. A final piece of this puzzle was the chemical aspects going on in my brain. I would get a hit of dopamine if my oxygen saturation was quote-unquote good. I would get a hit of dopamine if my ECG was quote-unquote good. 
And I don't even know if you're doing it for health anymore at that point, as much as you're doing it just to feed your addiction to another device. And I don't mean you specifically, I mean the general you. We're all doing that. You know, we're all on social media. We're all listening to Colicasts. And uh, I know that I give you a lot of dopamine when you listen. If my oxygen was above 97, the dopamine was really big. If my oxygen was at 95, not much dopamine. The thing about a 95 oxygen, if you're indoors, that's pretty normal. What if your hands are cold? What if the wristband is a little loose on your wrist? That's going to affect it. Was I thinking that in the moment? No, I just wanted that perfect score. I'm going to close this Colicast out with a little challenge to you. The challenge is this. If you got the watch for a reason, I challenge you to remember the reason. That's part one of the challenge. Part two of the challenge is to ask yourself, okay, now that I remember my reason, or maybe I don't, is this reason still valid? Because all the data that you've collected and sent off to Apple and whoever else, has it really changed your life that much? Did you need to know that data before you had the watch? And if you didn't need to know that data before you had the watch, why do you need to know that data now? I'm a millennial. I didn't grow up with these Apple Watches. They're new to me. They're new to a lot of us. I'm going to be 30 soon. I lived 29 years of my life without an Apple Watch. I could probably live the rest of my life without it too. With most things Apple, they are just status symbols. And they've been really smart with the marketing on the Apple Watches convincing us that this is about health and improving our health and monitoring our health. But it is just another device that they're trying to sell you. Another thing to pay for, it's more Apple Care. It's more things to lose. It's more things to charge. It's more lithium-ion batteries. It's more slave labor to get the battery. This is serious, serious stuff. And we have to ask ourselves, is it worth it? If it makes sense in your life and the pros outweigh the cons, keep going for it. For me, the cons far outweighed the pros, and it only took a few months for me to realize that. There you have it, folks. That's the dark side of the Apple Watch and other smart wearable devices. Thanks for listening to this Colacast. I hope you have a blessed day. What's up, Cala crew? This is your host, Abraham Cullowan. That's K-A-L-A-O-U-N. I got a favor to ask. Please leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. It'll help others get to listen and join the Kala crew too. It's cinematic rap when I snatch a pen and pad. 